It's April 26th, 2023. Grab your paper, grab your pen. It's time for the run sheet. I am at Joel Pearl and always by my side, the wonderful news writing, commentary, interviewer, wrestling extravaganza extraordinaire, Ella J is with me. Hey, Ella, how are you doing? I'm great. Today's my half birthday, Joel, in case you didn't know. So when is your full birthday then? Six months from now, if you can do the math, October 26th. <laughs> I am not a mathematician, but for those keeping track, my birthday is June the 1st. And if you want to send me gifts, I don't know, PayPal me, I guess. You are a Gemini. I really mm. am. A jerk is how I put it to people. Yeah, I, I don't. Um, I'm not fond of too many Gemini men, to be honest with you. So you're in, an, you're in an elite class. Oh, I'll take it. There's plenty of elite commentary <laughs> to go around these days. Uh, you all know how to do this. We, we run the sheet. We do the sheets every single week on Wednesdays. And you can uh, pick us up on all your favorite podcast platforms. If you're listening and you want to drop us a five-star review, go ahead right now. That gets us a little bit closer to getting to your friends' ears and chatting about wrestling with everybody we can think of. Ella, we got so much to talk about and so much is like... I, I literally know. I was I was writing about a bunch of the news today, did a couple other news shows today, and so much has happened. <laughs> So peeling the curtain back, normally you and I record this around 3.30 p.m. Yeah. on Wednesdays. The last couple of weeks, I've been doing family stuff and dealing with like mm-hmm. with sick children, sick wife and all that. So I've been like, hey, can we do this later? Mm-hmm. So we are recording a little later. In fact, we actually benefited from starting yeah. a little later because yeah. our, first, uh, our, our first piece of news is that uh, they were teasing Impact Wrestling is teasing a major surprise for the Chicago TV tapings, and then PW Insider, and then later on Fightful would go on to report that the surprise appears to be mm-hmm. the one and only Trinity Fatu, the former Naomi in WWE. Mm-hmm. This is fantastic news. Talk to me about Trinity and Impact, all the stuff. Let's go. Yeah, so this Friday, Impact has television tapings in Chicago called Summer Slugfest. Yesterday, like you alluded to, they had teased that they had a major surprise. You know, some of us were like, maybe it has something to do with New Japan because they have that ongoing relationship and they just announced Multiverse United too. But, you know, there's been a lot of rumors. There's been reports that apparently Stardom didn't want Trinity. Trinity de- declined that. But that seems to be all squashed, regardless whether it's true or not, because she's reportedly headed to Impact this Friday in Chicago at the tapings. And if that's true, man, Chicago is a great place to do it. Yeah. And not only that, this is one thing about Impact Wrestling that I always find interesting uh, when I talk about it with literally anybody. Impact tapings are typically the cast is there and the cast being Mm -hmm. the signed wrestlers who are there on the shows every week. And then every single time they go to a taping, they bring in like a guest star or two. Someone who's not with the promotion full time, someone who's just making an appearance for that run of TV tapings, maybe through to a pay-per-view. For example, the Hex just did that Mm -hmm. a few months ago. People thought that they were signed. No, they were still very much free agents. They were there for that line of Atlanta TV tapings into the pay-per-view that they were doing that week. So this is actually reportedly a deal and not a Mm -hmm. one-time appearance for Trinity. And for her to come in and work with this knockouts division, as it is right now, Mm -hmm. a big opportunity for both Impact and for Trinity. We have heard next to nothing from Mm -hmm. this woman since she left WWE, other than just shooting down a report or trying to clear the air on certain things. This is a pretty big deal. And I don't think people really understand how big a get this is for Impact and how big an opportunity this is for Trinity out on her own now. Yeah, and especially with, you know, Impact has lost a couple people in the last couple of years. Last year, I mean, they lost to Neil Dashwood, Madison Rain, um, uh, Ty Ty Valkyrie. They just recently lost. There's one more person that I can't think of right now. Um, But, you know, they've lost they've lost some of their knockouts. And so they've been kind of rebuilding their brand. You know, Kylan King is coming. Jody Threat is coming in. Mickey James is on the shelf right now. So she's going to be out for a little bit. Uh, And now it seems that Naomi is stepping up to the plate for the knockouts, too, as well. Let's not forget the uh, former IWGP women's champion. Mercedes yes. Monet. Yes. While 
possibly a free agent, yes. still has a deal, maybe a few dates left on her Bushy Road stardom. Reportedly, Not she that. only has one left, that being resurgence. It, it it was stated, though, that they seem to be open to extend it possibly, but as of now, she only has one date on her deal with New Japan and stardom. So let's say, let's say Bushy Road says, Mercedes, I have an idea. Mm-hmm. And Mercedes says, say no more. I want to face my best friend in Philadelphia at Mer- Multiverse United 2 for whom the bell tolls. It's in August, though. There's, see, stretch it out. That's, that's possible, but there's also, you know, there's another possibility that New Japan has in, in June, Joel. Um, being forbidden door is the thing so that would be a lot sooner you know mercedes could go away for a couple of months and then surprise people at multiverse united too that's definitely a possibility um new japan has their their hands in a couple like promotions right now other promotions so there there's a lot of things that could happen this summer but it's going to be exciting nonetheless absolutely well while we're at it since you've been writing about the former <laughs> women's champion. Uh, let's talk about it. Mercedes Monet commenting on her loss yeah. at the uh, the Stardom Grand All Star Grand Queendom event in Yokohama, yeah. Japan, this past weekend. She dropped her championship, the IWGP World Championship, to Mayu Iwatani. Uh, let's talk about this. What did uh, Mercedes have to say? Because you wrote a lot about her. Yeah, I've, I've written a lot. I think I've written six or seven articles on Mercedes this week and done three podcasts discussing her. So it's been a very Mercedes heavy week. And I have no complaints about it, honestly. She's fantastic. Um, but, you know, I, I still am kind of surprised that she, I mean, kind of surprised, kind of not, because it was reported that her deal was up with with stardom in New Japan. But I didn't expect her to lose it here, you know. Um, so obviously, you know, she was uh, she's hell bent on getting it back. She wants a rematch again. We don't know where or when it could go down, but she very much vocalized that she wanted another shot. And so she said, "Mayu, you are not the Undertaker," and she promised that she's going to leave her. A dead bitch. Those are Mercedes words, not mine. Um, And she wants one more shot at the IWGP Women's Championship. And she also announced, like we alluded to earlier, she's going to be back on May 21st at Resurgence in, uh, I think it's Long Beach, California, which happens to be the home of her cousin, Snoop Dogg. It hasn't been announced who she will be wrestling, whether it'll be a rematch or not, but uh, New Japan has announced she will be in action at Resurgence. You do a mixed tag at Resurgence? That's what I would do. With who? You do Mercedes and Okada. Oh. And then you have on the other side Mayu and Sonata. Oh, yeah. Hmm. And you have, then you you call it just five guys and a girl. Oh my god! <laughs> it's just an idea. I don't yeah. know what they'll do, but I, clearly they're going to want to do, or or at least Mercedes Monet wants to do some sort of rematch. Yeah, the- there has to be there. Apparently, her dates with Stardom is done, but obviously that leaves room for some New Japan stuff. But the thing is. Again, things could change, but as of now, it's been reported that her last date with New Japan as of right now is May 21st. So that rematch, I would assume, would go down there. If not, if it's not, I think she attacks Mayu at the event. <laughs> yeah, it'll really come down to what the deal is yeah. for Mercedes, Bushiroad, Stardom, New Japan, all of that going forward. Who knows? There's a lot of opportunities, a lot mm-hmm. of options on the table. Uh, there are also a lot of opportunities and options <laughs> on the table for CM Punk, who decided yeah, Chicago is just a hot place this week, man. Yeah, it is the place to be. So CM Punk was backstage at WWE Raw per talent. Mm-hmm. Apple Select and PW Insider reported. This was a whole mess. Oh, and I know. Ella, I've been talking about CM Punk way too much for the last God knows how long. And I just, I don't know how you feel about it being someone who sometimes has to write about it, but I'm getting sick of talking mm-hmm. about it. So let's talk about it real quick. Major mm-hmm. <laughs> Raw, he did not stick around. We had, no. apparently, per orders of Vince McMahon, they had Punk uh, asked to leave, and he was like, yeah, sure, I'll leave. It's fine. Oh, I thought it was Triple H. 
No, reportedly it was uh, oh. it was from Vince. Mm, it was a punk had been under the impression that it was a Vince McMahon call. Come oh, back. Oh, okay. Report. Yeah. So I mean, I saw. I don't. I still think the video of whoever that person was in Tamina, that didn't look like CM Punk to me in the red hat, to be honest. But he did reportedly talk to Baron Corbin, uh, Bobby Lashley, Tamina, and apparently buried the hatchet with the Miz in some way. We don't really know the context of that uh, conversation. But obviously, you know, Chicago is his hometown where Raw was being held. Um, so something prompted him to show up backstage. I just also want to know who let him in backstage because they normally have a list of, you know, the talent heading in for security or the parking lot uh, guy normally has a list of who's coming in and out of the building. So I want to know who let him in too. It's a good question. And so there's a video that's floating around of CM Punk in the parking lot talking. to. Yeah. That doesn't look like punk to me. I swear it doesn't look like punk to me. It does. Oh, really? It does. He's, he's a little older, a little more disheveled. Fair enough. He's been off for the last eight or nine months. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's entirely possible. And plus, uh, there was a, someone posted a photo in a Facebook group that I'm a part of, of their photo uh, mm. was with Punk from the event that Punk was doing in Florida that led to him showing up backstage mm. at Raw on Monday night. So all this in mind, there's a belief among talent that this is a publicity stunt. Yeah, I heard and about I that. I have to say, I kind of agree. I've talked about this on multiple shows throughout the week uh, since Monday. And, and here we are recording. It's Wednesday. The idea here that, first of all, if Punk is coming in to speak to people like Tamina, The mm-hmm. Miz, Baron Corbin, Triple H, let's take Triple H out. You know what those three other names have in common? No. They're all very well liked by their peers backstage mm-hmm. in WWE. Miz is the type of person that is, he's been around for a long time, yeah. you know, workhorse. He shows up, he does the work, he doesn't complain. People like him back there. There's a belief that, you know, if if anyone has a problem with the Miz, chances are the problem is with yourself. Yeah. Aaron Corbin, same thing. He comes to work, he's, a, he's an affable guy, he's not perfect, but he does a lot of things right. People like him. Tamina is yeah. very much the mother backstage. I pointed to the WrestleMania diary that they posted. Yeah. For like half of that eight minute video, it's Tamina taking care of the Usos, taking care of Dakota Kai, taking care of people backstage. She like milked her minutes in that cut. And she is like, she's everyone's mom backstage. If you want to be on someone's good side and you want to get to Triple H, sometimes mm. you have to get the talent first. That's if you true. want to look like a good guy in the eyes of others, sometimes you have to make a culpa with the people that are most influential backstage. And Punk was clearly doing that. Going to going to Miz, going to uh, Tamina, going to Baron Corbin, and then eventually talking to Triple H. Really think this was him saying, you know, maybe I'm not going to do it there over at AEW, but I'll apologize here and start mending those fences. Hmm. It's an interesting theory. He's not going to WWE anytime. No, no, no. I don't think so. He's. We don't know. Yeah, especially with all the the reports that the meetings that they had within AEW internally, and him reportedly slated to be part of the star of the third show. Yeah, I don't see him going to WWE. But I guess I mean, if you want to make amends in your hometown, if they happen, I mean, why not? I guess. Yeah. So he shows up at Raw. He does not stick around. The story was that they, he was on a flight with a bunch of stars from Florida, mm-hmm. sorry, a bunch of WWE stars who were coming into Chicago from Florida. CM Punk was working a show in Florida the night before. He got pally pally, chummy chummy, talked with a bunch mm-hmm. of them and showed up at Raw and ended up backstage. Eventually spoke to Triple H. He said, hey, you mind if I stick around? Mm-hmm. Triple H said, let me, let me ask. And then he, Triple H came back, or he didn't come back, but the head of security came mm-hmm. back and said, nah, you got to go, buddy. And then CM Punk said, okay, let's go. There's another theory that I have with Punk and why he would show up to Raw unannounced um, when he could easily just do this stuff in back channels or Mm -hmm. wherever. There is a little bit of convenience that he showed up at Raw. My feeling was that he, if if I'm Punk and I'm a little bit paranoid about the WWE system, when you put together a plan to come and visit a WWE event, there are cameras literally everywhere. Mm Mm-hmm. And Punk is still under AEW contract. And I think instead of giving WWE the option or opportunity to scramble a bunch of cameras and set them up or have someone following him, 
he said, I'm just mm. going to shut up. Mm. And this way, if I do talk to anybody for a long period of time, they won't have enough time to, yeah. to, to do anything worthwhile. Again, it's a theory. Nothing yeah. is, everything is theoretical until Punk opens his mouth and shows up on that next AEW show. I mean, pipe bombs are his specialty, right? I mean, they were 10 years ago. I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. But uh, you know who else is pretty magical? <laughs> magical mermaid, actually. That's true. John Cena is going to play a magical creature in the Barbie movie. First of all, this Barbie movie, I am so looking forward to seeing it. I saw the Super Mario Brothers movie, by the way. Uh -huh. I really enjoyed it. It's a silly, fun, nostalgia-based mm -hmm. movie. I'm just there to enjoy it, and I did. This Barbie movie probably will too. So John Cena is going to be a part of this. Talk to me about it. He's going to be all over this thing. Yeah. So there was a sneak peek that was uh, just shown at the Warner Brothers presentation at CinemaCon this year. And so, you know, there it's this Barbie movie is like a meme everywhere. And John Cena is going to be in it um, apparently as a mermaid. Um, which is really interesting because it's like, I mean, we've seen John Cena in like just out of character costumes. I mean, he is the Fruity Pebbles poster boy pretty much. So it's not like that out of the realm of possibility, but I just want to see what, like, is he going to have the long flowing hair? Like what color is his tail going to be? I'm just excited to see because John Cena is such a buff guy, him dressed as a mermaid. <laughs> he is going to be. It's Every. giving it's giving me the rock and tooth fairy. <laughs> yes. And like it's such a crazy like this is very much John Cena just being yeah. willing to do anything. And this this movie is a it's gonna be like this weird blockbuster hit that a lot of people hate on, but everyone loves. And I'm all for it. I'm here for it too. I'm there's a lot of hype behind this movie, so I think I might have to actually check it out. Also, look at this cast. You got Mark yeah. Robbie. You got Ryan Gosling. Yeah. You got Will Ferrell, Simon Liu. You've got America Ferrera. Like, who's who? Like, uh, Michael Sarah's in this thing. Easily mm -hmm. Benadir, Rhea Perlman, Kate McKinnon. Like, there are some big, big names here. This is going to be a fun movie. This is going to be a good it time. It is. <laughs> going to be released July 21st, 2023. So, there you go. You want to get a present for my yeah. late birthday. But you know it's going to be released next month. Oh, <laughs> season four of Dark Side of the Ring. Did Ella J just do my transition for me? Yeah, ah! <laughs> I'm so proud. Season four, Dark Side of the Ring. It's coming. We know what's going to be released. Yeah. We have all of the uh, topics now. Mm -hmm. So let's run through them real quick. Chris, Chris blah, I'm going to I'm gonna do it, and I'm going to do it worse than you would do it, because that's just how we roll. I said worse than you would do it. You're saying I do it bad. I, no, I say you do it better than the way mm -hmm. I'm about to do it. Mm -hmm. I already tripped over the first word, so clearly I'm not doing it. <laughs> Chris Candido. <laughs> Thank you. Candido and Tammy Sunny Sitch, Magnum TA, Abdullah the Butcher, Marty Janetti, Bam Bam Bigelow, Adrian Adonis, Doink the Clown, Junkyard Dog, Bash at the Beach 2000. The I just learned. I just learned about that three hours ago. <laughs> yes, the infamous Hogan Russo. Mm -hmm. Jeff Jarrett wins the title. Russo goes and says, mm -hmm. "Hogan, you big bald son of a bitch, kiss my ass." And he's got the <laughs> giant. Shirt. Never forget that. And the Graham family. Uh, this is a lot of really interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. I had heard about a, a few of these and you and I had talked about some of these topics before mm -hmm. on the show. Uh, is there any particular one that you're most looking forward to? Um, I think, well, again, um, I know most of the figures, but I, I think I'm most interested to know about the bash of the beach one, because again, I just learned about it three hours ago. Again, I was like th two and a half years old when this went down three years old at the most. Um, so I'm most in interested to hear about that one, I think. And I still want to know if, if they're going to, if Sonny's going to appear via jail, jail cell uh, for season four. That's what I want to know. I think they're going to have her appear via jail cell or do a jail <laughs> interview of some sort. Yeah. Like, I know we're kind of being facetious, but honestly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the best way that they can do it is have her, you know, do a, a jail Skype call or something like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, and Chris Jericho's narrating it, so it's going to be good. Of course he is. That's just what you do. This Bash at the Beach thing, I am, 
again, I'm so looking forward to that. The Marty Jannetty uh, episode. Oh, yeah. It's that's going to be the standout episode. That's all kinds of weird. Yeah, like it's just. I mean, he's wild now. It's just all. I'm interested to see. You know, it, somebody pointed out earlier, Marty Jannetty is kind of no longer a noun. It's like a, a verb. <laughs> It's true. You've been you got Marty Janetti. <laughs> yeah, who's yeah. the of the team, right? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I think honestly, the Doink the Clown episode is going to surprise a lot of people. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to learn about Matt Bourne, and I don't think they're going to just talk about who's portrayed Doink the Clown. I think mm-hmm. most of it's going to be about Matt Bourne, and uh, if Jericho's involved beyond the uh, the narration, mm-hmm. he's going to have a few things to say about Matt Bourne as well. And Bam Bam Bigelow's another one. Um, I think a lot of people don't know everything there is to know about Bam Bam Bigelow. No. There's there's a lot of really interesting topics. The dark side guys bring it every time. Mm-hmm. That Bash at the Beach episode just has it's got high expectations for mm-hmm. me. I'm looking Same. forward to that. Yeah, there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of good stuff. Uh, unfortunately, on Monday, not everything was great though. There was a decision to add a new world heavyweight championship. <laughs> And it didn't come from Vince McMahon. No, it came from Triple H. I can't tell you that's shocking, by the way. The new title was unveiled. To me, it looked like the Bruno WWF belt. Mm -hmm. A lot of people said it looked like the Intercontinental Championship and the big gold belt had a baby. And I said, no, 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 no. Go back to the 80s. Mm -hmm. That belt. Go back to the 70s. It's that belt. Uh, What do you think of the title belt? And also, let's talk about this new second world championship. Really a third, if you count the physical belt. Uh, the belt itself, I mean, it obviously it had a lot of vibes of the uh, uh, the latest one that we saw in like late 2013, early 2014, you know, Cena Orton during the when it kind of got unified. Um, the only thing that was really different about it to me was obviously the top of it, like had these little like half circles, like I don't, I don't, I don't know how to explain the pattern. Um it, it gave me vibes of my childhood, so I can't complain much. You know, it's not the prettiest thing in the world, um, but I think it's a representation of the the last version of it that we saw of the design wise. Yeah. And it's listen, I didn't I didn't hate the design. I just. Yeah, I'm more upset about the reasoning to bring this championship. Uh, see, I, the I'm the opposite. You think it's good? Yeah. See, my problem is why? 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 Because Roman signed a deal that he doesn't have to defend the title as much after he was given. The t- they write the shows, Ella. I mean, that, that's a good point. But uh, for me, again, I, anybody who knows me knows I am not the biggest Roman Reigns fan at all as a character. Um, and so, you know, like you said, they they wrote themselves into a corner with Roman's schedule and you know they sacrificed cody just to get roman to a thousand days and frankly like the fact that you don't have your world champion regardless if you know they they booked it that way or not you don't have your world champion on up for a third up to half of your pay-per-views during the year that's a problem. You know, this is supposed to be this illustrious world title. You want to showcase your world champion on your pay-per-views, premium live events. That's what people are paying to see. And for half of them, from a third to a half of them, depending on the year, they're not there. That's a problem to me. And so by giving, you know, it may feel like a consolation prize. I, I can see people's argument for that. But, you know, for me, we deserve a fighting champion, a fighting world champion. Um, and so I'm glad that they're, you know, the, bl- the brand split is coming. And I want a fighting champion to see on the pay-per-views. That's what people pay to see. They've done a good job in elevating the U.S. and intercontinental championships in, in the last year. But that's all because they were kind of forced to because Roman isn't there half the time. And, yeah, that's written in his contract. But, you know, I don't know. I just, I just think if you have a world championship, wouldn't you want him there? You know, barring if there's any injuries or something or storyline reason for it. There's no storyline reason why Roman Reigns hasn't been at these pay-per-views. It's not like he was injured or shit. It's written into his contract. But I want a fucking world champion on the pay-per-views. I want to see those title matches. I want to see other people getting opportunities. I want to see other people fighting the world champion. And 
because frankly, all these Roman matches have felt pointless, to be honest, besides the Cody one before that. We all knew the outcome of it. We knew nobody was going to beat Roman Reigns. And so if you're feeling like uh, heading into your one world title match, which is every other month, that the guy isn't going to beat Roman, it's like, what's the point? So for me, having this alternative title, you know, I have something to look forward to. I'm like, oh, who's going to win this? There's an actual intrigue to it, you know? Uh, there's a bit more unpredictability, and that's what I like. So that's just me, though. <laughs> you want Cody to win the title at WrestleMania? I wanted Cody to win at WrestleMania? Fuck yeah, I did. Okay, no, I'm just confirming that because that's oh, yeah. what they absolutely should have done. And, oh, what yeah. we, and what we could have done from there, because you're talking about a fighting champion, Cody could have been, hey, I'll be the fighting champion. I'll show up at every Raw, every SmackDown. I will defend this championship. Basically, run himself into the ground and you know how you split those titles he says on smackdown i will defend the blue one on raw i will defend the the black title the black and gold title and then eventually it just gets to be too much and his first loss comes from having defended it almost every week maybe twice a week we'll say until three to six months down the road Mm -hmm. And then he loses one of those titles and someone else gets it and we move on. Instead, we have what we have now. And it is a consolation prize because whoever wins it is going to be painted with, well, you're getting it because Reigns won't defend his title normally. You know, I can see people's argument for that. Um, But again, for me personally, and I know there's a lot of people that are in the same boat as me where they're just fucking over this Roman reign. Um, for me, it's an opportunity to see somebody else on, on a pedestal because Roman, again, is only going to be on one brand, whatever brand. It, if they didn't do this, Roman would be on one brand and then the other brand would not have a world's champion, which is the issue there. Um, I don't know. I just agree to disagree with a lot of people's opinions on it. Um, but I'm happy to see somebody else get an opportunity. Yeah, it could see, be seen as a consolation prize, but I'm happy to see somebody else be elevated in a top position, whether it be on Raw or SmackDown, that's outside of Roman Reigns, that legit feels like they have a chance that they're not just going to be Roman's next victim. They're actually getting a chance to get spotlight and get a chance to get put over, You know, whether it be in a consolation manner or not, for me personally. So who wins the inaugural big gold belt it's dependent on the the draft um you know should not it should not be cody rome cody and roman need to stay on the same brand um personally um you know seth rollins technically didn't lose to roman reigns um during this run he beat roman reigns by disqualification seth rollins people are so are so behind him it could be seth rollins you know we saw finn balor tease it um i know you <laughs> I know you were kind of behind a Karrion Cross, possibly. Um, it, I was behind Karrion Cross being Cody's first contender. Mm-hmm. I wasn't behind Karrion Cross mm-hmm. winning the title. Mm-hmm. It could, you know, it could be an AJ Styles returning from injury. Uh, what, what was it? His ankle? Was it his ankle? Elbow? Shoulder? Sorry. AJ Styles' ankle ankle yeah aj styles would be a great one he's held he's held world titles before again it's all dependent on the draft it's whatever brand roman is not on then you go to look of who's in that pool um but i think any of those guys whether it be a styles i think styles or rollins would be a good fit for it so i agree with you by the way cody and roman on the same brand i think we're going there and i'm fine with that if they decide to split them uh okay that means cody's gonna have to win money in the bank and then cash but i don't like that for a baby face what i do like and this is gonna upset some people i understand that triple h came out and said that the win the winner should be a fighting champion someone who's there every week but at the same time you had commentary and many many wrestlers talking about brock lesnar being a multi-championship winning mm-hmm. East with the, you know, really, really hyping up his championship accolades. Yeah. I have a feeling either Brock's going to win that championship to make a big, big start <gasps> or he's going to be in the final and he doesn't like to lose that Brock Lesnar. guy. Yeah. So whoever he drops it to has got to be a big enough name that either has his number or is ready to put him over. And I guess Seth is the only person who would make sense in this case. Mm. I, 
I don't also know his um, injury status. It doesn't appear that he'll be returning anytime soon. Um, but personally, like if Randy Orton wins, he's within one of the record, then that would be his 15th world championship. I think that's that's kind of a cool angle to to kind of put him him you know him and Charlotte are at 15 world championships right now. Um so I think it'd be kind of cool for history's sake but I don't think he's cleared to return anytime soon. Um Brock Lesnar the thing though is if if Lesnar wins it should be a short reign then because like you alluded to his schedule isn't consistent, you know? Um, when he is there, if we're lucky, he's there every other week, if we're lucky. Uh, but most of the time, he's only there maybe twice a month, um, every other week normally. Yeah, I agree. If you're going to put the title on Brock, you got to make it be a quick run. Yeah. And also, but, you know, he's going to, if he wins it, it's, he wins it in Saudi Arabia. So I mean, that's true. But then also, like, you're introducing this title. Do you really want to have somebody have a one-day reign? To be fair, I mean, that happened to Finn Balor, but that happened because of injury. So, ugh. Well, you can have Brock hold it for the till the first uh, pay-per-view that he defends it at. Yeah, but then do you feel that that devalues it if it's just a short reign? It's already devalued because Roman Reigns... True. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I know, I know a lot of people aren't a fan of the idea, um, but, you know... I don't want to. I need to get off my soapbox. It just, uh, it's just a whole thing. <laughs> I get. I really do. I do understand it. At the end of the day, this title, it was expected, but it was brought about the wrong way. Yeah, I. I just also don't know what they're going to do with the other two titles situation. Like, do they just merge them? They're not getting rid of the WWE Championship. That's for certain. They're celebrating that this week. If they're getting rid of anything, it's the universal title then. Which is fine by most of us. That lineage yeah. is, you know, Legends and The Fiend. Kevin Owens, Finn Balor. Um, yeah, it, so it started off hot, but then it eventually became like yeah, Goldberg yeah. and Lesnar hot potatoing it for yeah, a while. Yeah, true. So there isn't like this huge yeah. lineage for the Universal Championship. It only yeah. goes back to 2016. Yeah. So it has less than 10 years on it. Yeah. You can probably just fold it in with the WWE World Championship and be good enough to go. Yeah. I think also for nostalgia reasons, like the the World Heavyweight Championship was how I was introduced to wrestling because it was the SmackDown title. And I started watching SmackDown first. So for me, it holds a lot of like nostalgia too. Um I oh man, I think it'd be cool too because I guess like Randy Orton was technically the last one to like hold that title when they were like separated, you know, because he won that unification match with Cena. Um, but I don't think he'll be cleared. So I mean, Seth Rollins would be. Um, I think Rollins or Styles or Lesnar then. But if it's, I don't maybe not Lesnar because that that'll have to be a short reign, and I don't really want that. What if it's Shinsuke Nakamura? I mean. Th- I, I would love for him to, but whenever they've booked him for a push, it hasn't lasted long. Yeah. Or or he lost when it counted. I'm very interested in seeing who gets pushed for this championship. Ask okay. ask us next week when this draft gets done, because it's possible. I don't think all of these people that we're talking about would be theoretically on the same brand because that would take away from the pool. Yep. Um, I definitely think, again, it depends on the outcome of the draft. Like a Drew McIntyre, I feel like if he's on that brand would definitely be in the tournament. You know, he's a former. I'm assuming that it's a tournament, by the way. It's possible that it's not, but I, I think it would be a tournament. Right. I think it's a, I think it's a right. tournament that leads to the finals at yeah. United Champions. Yeah. Again, ask us ask uh, ask me next week when we know the lines for this draft. <laughs> I mean, let's let's not forget that at one point at WrestleMania there was talk of doing you know the split the titles and then Cody versus Drew versus mm-hmm. Seth for the yeah. WWE whatever replacement title. Yeah. Well, clearly then, it's not happening. <laughs> yeah. And then Roman yeah. versus the rock or whoever yeah. for the WWE undisputed universal. Yeah. So listen, clearly that's changed and mm-hmm. now we're going to have to do it. But the point was those three mm-hmm. men in mm-hmm. the original WrestleMania match, maybe that's going to play out, but we'll see because Drew McIntyre is also mm-hmm. currently in a state of, flight. Oh yeah. Yeah. I forgot yeah. about that. That's true. But, Listen, nine months on a contract, that's never stopped WWE before from giving someone a title for a few months as a, hey, we still like you. We still want you around. So stick around for a bit. You know who deserves justice, though, too, is Bobby Lashley. 
yeah, we'll see. I don't think he's going <laughs> to win the U.S. championship at Backlash, but we'll talk about that later. Okay. Well, we're going to move on to TV anyway. Honestly, <laughs> like, I, well, let me run down the backlash card next week on the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll we'll give a more of a more predictions, but uh, really, the the major thing that happened was Bad Bunny showed up at the end of the show. Yeah, and walloped Damian Priest with a mm-hmm. with a kendo stick, mm-hmm. which is like, and he did a really good job of it. Yeah. And then said, "I'm no longer hosting Backlash. I'm challenging you, Damian Priest, to a street fight one on one at Backlash." And Damian Priest was just yelling back, you know, I'll kill you. Yeah. What do you think about this? This was originally the rumor, or at least everyone thought this was going to be some sort of tag matching. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you said, a lot of us were thinking it'd be like a tag match with like uh, Ray and Bad Bunny or even like Santos Escobar, Ray and Bad Bunny against the three Judgment Day members. Um, But honestly, I'm not opposed to this match at all. They obviously have the history. They were tag team partners at WrestleMania 37, I believe it was. You know, Damian Priest says, we're still friends. Like, I would hurt you worse if we weren't, which obviously isn't true. Um, I like this story. Bad Bunny, you know, he's we've only gotten to see him wrestle a few times. But of the time we have seen him, he's been fantastic and has, had, has exceeded a lot of people's expectations. So, you know, we didn't get the tag team match, but I would think that Ray and the LWO would be are going to not going to be too far behind. Honestly, Um, they're probably going to be waiting in the wings, just like the Judgment Day is going to be waiting in the wings uh, for Damian Priest. I'm excited. We haven't seen Bed Bunny in a street fight scenario. Um, He can go a little bit rogue and rougher, um, more so, you know, I don't know. It opens the doors for less wrestling which also kind of protects him, but also there's going to be weapons in this match. So it's really going to push him, but I believe he can do it. <laughs> I do too. And you know what? A walk and brawl with those two could be a lot yeah. of fun, um, but they're in Puerto Rico, which is going to be very interesting. Yeah. Oh, bad Bunny's going to be, well, they're I, bad Bunny's going to be over as fuck. Yeah. And that's the thing though. Now you have to contend with the crowd. That's going to be going yeah. nuts to try and like save him, touch him, be around him. It's going to be really interesting to see how security handles that match. Yeah. If it decides to mm-hmm. go, outside of the uh, the ring and onto the floor mm-hmm. and into the crowd and so on and so forth. There's a lot to go there. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, you know, this show was very much like trying to get ready for the draft. And then mm-hmm. they did Finn Balor versus Cody Rhodes. It was yeah. fine. Cody got the win. They're teasing damage controls breakup because yeah. you had the backstage with EO, Sky, and Bianca Belair, where EO basically said, I want you now. And Bianca said, mm-hmm. nah, nah. And then Bailey said, well, let's do a three on three match. And so, Damage Control took on Bianca Belair, Raquel mm-hmm. Rodriguez, and Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan and Raquel are, of course, the women's tag champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it was just, it just happened. It was just a match. Belair, Rodriguez, and Morgan won. And we're just looking at Damage Control again and being like, is there a split? When will the split happen? Yeah, and, and, and Backlash presents a compelling case. Again, I still haven't fact-checked it. Um, but it, like like I said a couple weeks ago after Mania, I believe Bianca Belair will tie, it's either tie or surpass Becky Lynch for the record um, of the longest reign in the Raw women, Women's Championship history. You know, EO, oh man, they, they pitted EO like in a tag team, but if you've seen EO's work in NXT, she has, she definitely has the capabilities to run on her own, and that would set up maybe Bailey would be jealous and then attacks her and it breaks them up. EO, I don't think, has gotten to truly showcase everything that she can do um, on the main roster so far, at least in singles competition. She's flipping phenomenal and so honestly i wouldn't be opposed if she was the one to dethrone bianca i think she is fully capable storyline wise you know we haven't really gotten to see everything she can do on the main roster so it makes her a uh, a uh, formidable underdog and i think it would further the story of you know ba- maybe bailey's jealous um and then that leads to bailey turning on dakota and eo there's a p- couple possibilities here I'm ready for Dakota and EO to be baby faces. Yeah. I'm not ready for Bailey to turn face because I yeah. don't think she's there. I don't think it's yeah. what I want. Uh, and to let those two really have a good mm-hmm. run somewhere, either as singles or as a tag team, yeah. or just together uh, as friends who yeah. have to support each other when they wrestle singles matches. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities on the table. That was that. That's basically all I wanted to touch on when it came to mm-hmm. Raw. Uh, 
we'll talk about AEW in a sec, but really quick with NXT, you mm-hmm. know, they did their spring break in event on Tuesday night. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a pretty fun show. It was headlined by Indy Hartwell defending successfully yes. her NXT women's championship over Tiffany Stratton and Roxanne Perez uh, in this match. Indy was seemingly injured uh, by a top row. Was she catching a, a moonsault from Tiffany Stratton mm-hmm. and both women, Indy Hartwell and Roxanne Perez seem to have uh, taken the, uh, the move a little rough. Indy kind of bent backwards. With yeah. the and it looked like she was injured. So she was brought to the back. She was then out for the finish of the match, visibly limping, hit a, I guess a, a hammer forearm to the back of Roxanne Perez to get the pin. Um, Indy retains, but mm-hmm. is she still okay? We don't know. You know, it could be ankle. It could be her Achilles. Obviously, though, she was cleared to compete and go back out, but I don't know. She was limping. I don't know if she was selling that or what. Um, I think we'll find out more in, in the next week. But I mean, that's just going to be sad if it's if it's. I feel like at best, it's it's a sprain. Um, at worst, you know, it's it's a tear, it's a, a fracture. Um, we don't know. We don't really have any updates yet. Yeah, from a um, from a, a personal or a person to person point of view, I don't want to see Indy injured. I don't no. want to find out that she's injured um, or that she has to give up the women's championship. Yeah. Uh, and then from a storyline standpoint, I really do not want to see them go for another women's title vacancy in NXT. Yeah. Because they just did that oh, with yeah, Rez, And she still came back in time for the match. Uh, it's just, it's a snake bit title if you do it again. And I think maybe that's why they sent Indy out again for the finish and said, you're still going over. And then we'll figure it out from there. Maybe we can get to battleground if we find out that you're okay or that you just mm-hmm. can lightly rehab it until then and whatever, mm-hmm. and then drop it at, at battleground. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a month out. So she has four weeks. Theoretically. Again, we don't, we don't know the the degree or the severity of it. Yeah. And you can kill time by having a bunch of women's matches that line up the challenges. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and, and in NXT fashion, I'm sure they'll do like a fatal five way women's match for number one. Probably. That's just what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of NXT Battleground coming up in a month, uh, Mello, Carmelo Hayes defended <laughs> his NXT championship mm-hmm. against Grayson Walla. Uh, Grayson looked good in the match as expected, but Mello, of course, walking out, still NXT champion, challenges Braun Breaker to a match at NXT Battleground. Braun comes out, spears Mello out of his boots through a wall at ringside. What do you think of uh, this this challenge, Braun and Mello too at Battleground? This time with the roles reversed. Um, you know we've seen this now heel and he. I mean, Braun Baker just completely destroyed Andre Chase um, last night. Um, so I, I mean, I think this is probably going to be just be Braun Breaker's kind of swan song, but also the the call ups are happening kind of at, this week. Um, so I don't know. Um, I think Carmelo retains, but then also that I don't know what Braun Breaker does after that. You know, I feel like this would be a prime opportunity to have him lose and then have his little swan song and be done with NXT. Um, but also like by that point, it'd be June, which is a whole month after the draft. Not that we haven't seen delayed call-ups before. Um, or maybe he gets called up in, I, I don't know. Um, I think I think he's wrapping up his stint in NXT though. I do too, and I'm fine with this being how he wraps it up as a heel, as a bad mm-hmm. guy. Let him do his his like bad guy work, get used to it, and then when they bring him up to Maine, I don't know what they're gonna do. But uh, this is this is good so far. It's a little hokey because if you're Braun Breaker, you're just a little hokey. But uh, it, it works, and this match between Mello and Braun, while it wasn't the strongest match at Stand and Deliver. Uh, if they work out a few kinks and figure out who's on which side of the ledger, Braun will be a bad guy. Mello, very clearly the good guy, especially since Mello will be home for this event. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a good opportunity here to tell a much better story that's not just about the moves. I'm looking forward to that. Me too. Same night as AEW Double or Nothing. So let's, <laughs> yeah. uh, let's talk about AEW Dynamite. And by the way, talking about NXT. As you and I were getting ready to record, who should strut his ass out in the, <laughs> the ring to save Adam Cole from a beatdown by the JAS after JAS had gone after Orange Cassidy and Bandito, who had him 
really good match to open the show uh, and Adam Cole who would come out to confront Chris Jericho Roderick Strong is all did not expect that I don't think anyone no. did no no and Tony Khan made it official announced it um Fightful in the meantime has come out with a little report about it um him showing up um Strong had resigned in 2021 um, then, you know, in 2022, he apparently asked for his release, which was initially rejected. Um, and then apparently that they spoke to have the deal run into next year, which is this year, apparently, but apparently that's hard. That's hardly from confirmed, but obviously something transpired and maybe he was granted his release or his deal ran out. Nevertheless, he is officially all elite. I'm sure we'll get more details about that because, again, not a lot of times in today's day and age is somebody's contract expiring or release or debut really a secret. That was one of the most genuine surprises we've seen in a long time in wrestling. Yeah, that was wild. Uh, you and I sat here just being like, wait, what? Yeah. That was cool. I was I was happy. Pleasantly surprised. Can't say a bad thing about that. Roddy Strong deserves to be on someone's TV. And it's good that he's landed in AEW. Uh, someone, by the way, in that Fightful Select report actually had a really interesting take that maybe Roddy's uh, Roddy was part of a trade in exchange for William Regal going back to WWE. Oh, and that's not a bad, that's not a bad idea. That's not a bad call. That's something that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Uh, and it's something that you can kind of, you know, keep under the vest. But every time that someone asks about Roddy strong to Sean Ross Sapp, Sean would go and ask. And last time he asked Marina Shafir, who is Roddy's (laughs) wife, Marina said, yeah, he's doing great. Thanks for asking. And that's it. She would kayfabe Sean to the ends of the earth. So this is really good news. Looking forward to seeing Roddy uh, flourish under the AW banner, uh, especially as they, they start moving towards more content. Uh, speaking of which, more content, Taya Valkyrie makes her impact by losing to Jade Cargill. <laughs> okay. So the whole story of this match, by the way, was that Taya couldn't use her road to Valhalla, which is the same as Jade's Jade. Jaded, yeah. I was hoping it was going to be the other way around and that Jade would have to find a new finisher to beat Taya with. I think that story would have been a lot better. The finish of the match was Taya going for uh, the road to Valhalla, the referee saying, don't do it, don't do it, Mm -hmm. you can't do it. And then as she teased it, as Taya picks up Jade, Jade did the roll through and then got the pin on Taya Valkyrie. Was it a small package? No, it was a roll through. It was a roll through with the leg and she was sitting on top of Taya. Mm, uh, go yeah. watch the replay. You'll see it there. So Jade is 56 and now post-match Taya Valkyrie goes to try and take out the referees. So it's like Taya versus the referees from now on. That's how we do it. <laughs> uh, I mean, to be honest, like if they were going to ban the move, they should have banned it for both of them. I agree. <laughs> Make it a submission match. Oh, that would put Jade Cargill out of her element, but it would also challenge her. That's mm. what I want, though. Mm-hmm. And I think more people deserve to see yeah. Jade Cargill fe- look, not feel, but like look more challenged in yeah. the ring. She hit a Canadian Destroyer tonight, which got a lot of people talking. Um, not that that move, you know, sorry, I'm not. Okay, I know I'm not a wrestler, but every single wrestler I've ever spoken to has told me that, yes, a Canadian Destroyer is very much about the person taking yeah. it. That's their momentum. You're just flipping and hoping you land on your butt. Mm. So, Jay did that with Taya. Taya took the move beautifully as she does, sold it beautifully. Taya is the right person to work with someone like Jade. I'm just yeah. wondering what's next for Taya Valkyrie. I don't know. I, at, at, at this rate, like there's nobody that can even take the title like legitimately. You know, I'm just waiting. I think, I don't know if we said it on here, but I'm just waiting for Stat to be back. Everyone is. That's what everyone's doing <laughs> yeah. here. And eventually, like, you got to shit or get off the pot. And I get that you, you got to tell the stories or you mm-hmm. just got to figure out a way to get there because people are getting bored of Jade, which is not the way it should be. Yeah. Just, just because you have an yeah. idea doesn't mean you have to see it through to the end. If it means that it's going to take more time than it, originally. It, it, it's kind of a little, a little like Roman Reigns where, you know, it, you, it just, you, there, there's nobody that can, you know, Taya, Maybe, you know, I feel like Taya, out of everybody that Jade has faced so far, seemed like the most legitimate competitor um, to maybe defeat her. Um, but kind of like a Roman Reigns, you know, well, excluding Cody Rhodes, like all leading up, you didn't legit think that 
Roman was losing. And we, we know that Jade isn't losing anytime soon. And because this is a podcast, Jeff Jarrett defeated Dax Harwood. Oh, did he? Yes, he did. There was some uh, interference from, um, uh, what's this? Oh my God. I forgot his name. <laughs> Don't ask me. Come on. Guy with the pencil. Oh my God. Sanjay Dutt. Yeah. I was having trouble because I was thinking Satnam Singh, but Satnam Singh's the giant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sanjay Dutt did get involved and Jarrett hit the stroke on Dax, mm-hmm. got the win. Uh, the reason why I have to bring this up, of course, is because Jeff Jarrett has a podcast. Dax Harrell would just finish his podcast. Yeah. I feel like this happened because Jeff Jarrett can now talk about this match for 45 minutes and gloat <laughs> on his podcast, whereas Dax can't. I don't think for 45 minutes, maybe, maybe five. Have but. you listened to Jeff Jarrett's podcast? Yes. I've had to cover several of his podcasts. He goes on for at least 15 <laughs> minutes a week on like Paul Walter Hauser <laughs> for no reason. Paul, that story was months ago and he's still talking about Paul Walter Hauser. So he will do 45. You on know, I, I agree with Jeff Jarrett though, because he believed Cody Rhodes should have won at WrestleMania too. <laughs> That's fair. A lot of wrestling did. Yeah. A lot of them didn't, though. I, I wrote some stories in the same week of a bunch of them who didn't. Yeah, but that's because Bully Ray's an idiot sometimes. It wasn't Bully Ray. <laughs> was it? Was it, uh, it was It was Jim Ross, uh, oh. Medusa, and Road Dog who thought that uh, that the right call was made of mania. Literally all three of those people are idiots, and that's all <laughs> I can say about that. <laughs> I mean, some more than others, but we're not idiots, so go ahead and... Uh, <laughs> Plug what you got going on. It's okay. Sometimes we're idiots. It's okay. Nobody's perfect. But we're fun idiots. We live and we learn it. (laughs) No, no. I learned nothing. No, you don't get that reference. You're too old. (laughs) I am too old. Unless Um, you're talking about the uh, Alanis Morissette song. No, 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 no. It's Hannah Montana. (laughs) Oh, then I definitely... I'm the youngest child. Oh, that's funny. So by the time I, by the time everyone else was gone, I was just on my own. I was what nine? You would have been what nineteen, twenty? I think. Stop it! Yeah. Oh shit! That's actually right. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my wife and I play this game because she's five years my junior, and mm. she's like, she's like, oh, you're from the Stone Age, and so whenever, <laughs> she, so whenever she says something about like, uh, you know, oh, you remember from 1982, and I'm like, you're such a dick. And then when you, you just, were not born in eighty two, I was born Wait. in eighty seven. But she, oh, said, she'll like exaggerate it. She'll be like, "You remember the disco era? You were just around in that time." <laughs> yeah, like, no, I, I'm ten years your junior. <laughs> yes, that is accurate. Unfortunately, that is true. <laughs> but that's good because then you'll carry old ass people like me through the wrestling oh game God. when you uh, strike it rich and big. I and hope so, like Scoopster. No, or you can just be rich and then I can live off of you. God, you, <laughs> we'll both get rich together. Okay, sounds That's good. Sounds good. All right, plug it. You can follow me on Twitter at it's Ella J. If you go to link in my bio, all my links to all my podcasts, projects, and writing are all there in one place for you. Easy peasy rock and roll. I am Natural Pearl, J O E L P E A R L. We're here every single Wednesday. And we'll drop it for you like it's hot sometimes. Hey, you like that reference? I get that reference, yes. We are The Run Sheet, and we'll see you in the next one. Cheers.